This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Episode number 367. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John. What is up, John? Oh, you know, stuff and things, things and stuff. Well, I did not watch a lot uh, because of work and the fair and football's back. Mm. So only eight movies? Uh, Two. Holy shit. I watched them both Friday night after we got back from the fair, which my wife won her second blue ribbon for mm. apple pie. She, um, this year she's got 10 ribbons overall, but this year she got the first place at Windsor fair a couple weeks back and at the Litchfield fair this past Friday, September the 8th. Nice. Congrats. Picked up, uh, picked up another blue ribbon there. So next up is uh, October the 4th is Freiburg. And, uh, oh, yeah. hopefully we'll make it a three peak. <laughs> uh, what's that? A hat trick. That is a hat trick, yes. Or it's a, it's a turkey. It's a turkey in bowling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She um so she actually won Litchfield before she's won Freiburg once before. Um but Windsor she had she had only finished fourth and then second and then she didn't place a couple times like previously and then fourth and then second last year. So winning this year was that was finally like all right, finally won at the Windsor Fair and realistically you know pie contest it's subjective it's based on the taste of whoever they get to be judges that day um fair enough if you're if you're consistently placing where every year whether you win or not but you're still placing then you're obviously you have a good product you got a good pie i would say so yep yep she gonna start marketing that on her uh business no no, and it's that fine line of like, as she, that's what she does for a living. Is she technically a professional baker? Are these aren't listed as amateur contests or home cooks only or anything like that? But so then there's nothing disqualifying her. And as far as being a professional baker, I mean, that's kind of the there. definition. I mean, there's a difference, I think, between a professional baker and a what, would, what do they call them? Like um, somebody who's been to pastry school. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not like. It's not like she's saying I'm a professional baker in that capacity, like I've been to such and such culinary institute, but she makes a profession out of baking things. So. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That does make a valid sense. For just going logically. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. 
I'm picking up what you're putting down. So you did not watch a lot of stuff is, is what I heard. No. Yeah, no. Like I watched uh, Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't that the only show we're now watching together? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple other, like Kate and I, we watched, you know, uh, Lower Decks uh, Down Under. And we watched, uh, uh, you know, Deadliest Catch. Both still digging those. Uh, I'm not going to go into a deep dive on either one because, you know, I'm just not. Um, <laughs> but we're both still digging those pretty pretty significantly. It's what we're looking forward to. Um, I tried to watch the after party. I really did. Like, I really tried to watch it. And I couldn't even get through the first episode because Anik's bumbling, self-doubting, um, miscommunications was so annoying. I had to shut it off. Like I was not in the really? right of my mind to deal with that. Yes. Yes. I just found it annoying, not endearing and just didn't, I just, yeah, I had to shut it off. Okay. Um, so you said you were in the wrong state of mind. Um, That's are you going to go back? I'm going to try. I may even try tonight. I don't know. I'm going to try. Uh, cause I'll say that we finished it and remember how I said a couple episodes back, like in episode eight, I was like, Oh, I think we've got it figured out. And then we went through episode nine and now we went through episode 10 and yes, absolutely. We had it figured out spot on. Um, it was, it was a good season and yeah, I yeah. get what you're saying. It, it can be hard. The, the character that he plays is very, bumbling and well, it's you know just, self-deprecating and it's so annoying oh let's be adults about this and i think that's what bothers me is like it's it's almost lazy writing like stupid for being sense of being stupid and that's how i took it and i'm gonna get fired up and angry about it for the 10 minutes i watched but like uh, he shows up at, at what's her face what's the girl's name he's dating zoe zoe shows up at zoe's you know for zoe's sister's wedding and at, with the family and at this house and he gets placed at the single person's table and Zoe, like, you know, like just starting right from there like that, mm-hmm. like, why aren't we being adult? Why isn't Zoe being an adult about this? Why isn't Zoe saying, noticing that he's not sitting with them and questioning it? Mm. And why is she just like, oh, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you can sit over there. That's fine. Like, no. Like, see, that annoyed me too. Like, that mm-hmm. whole thing annoyed me. The bumbling, the the misrepresentation, the the guy dies, and and it's, oh, Anik says it's murder. What? I didn't murder. You know what? I, like, just the whole the whole thing. The detective that's not a detective anymore because she quit the force, and now she's writing a book that she's not actually writing. She mm-hmm. just has a book deal. That was annoying. He's like, okay, straight away, she shouldn't be there. She's not the police. Everybody's okay with not calling the police about a dead body till they work out some personal stuff first. Like, all of that. And the first 15 minutes was so annoying and just stupid. It aggravated me, and I shut it off. Interesting. Um, yeah. It, uh... 
it definitely does flesh out a lot of those things because as you remember from the first season like everyone tells their own version of what happened and you pick up more stuff like you'll see there there's this one scene that plays out you might have even seen it in the limited time that you watch but there's one scene where he happens to be out in the garden at night and oversee overhears a conversation and like five things happen in this scene and then as each different person is telling it sometimes they relate to that sometimes they don't but the ones who were there or had something to do with that scene you're like oh that's why that happened oh that's what was going on there so it's really well done in that respect and you've I will also say this um, because each one of these is a mind movie. Um, Anik's is the, the clumsy rom-com from the, the stupid guy's point of view, which it was in the first season. Mm -hmm. I loved the first season. Kate and I just rewatched it, you know, and that, that was who he was in the first season, but it's like, it's been turned up 50. Hmm. You know, it's like the, the dude, stakes you got are higher the girl. this time. You got the girl. What mm-hmm. the, you know? So But the stakes are higher this time. He doesn't just got the girl. Yeah, I know. But I'll try. I'm gonna yeah. try. We'll see what happens. At I least get through no the first episode, you know? Get into the second one where it turns yeah. into a period piece. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna try. What else did you watch for shows? Um, I watched, I rewatched the first episode of American Horror Story 1984. Okay. Just threw it on. Hadn't watched it in a while. Has that summer camp feel. I know the new season's coming up, but you said you shared the trailer with me. I watched it. Trailer just looked okay. Didn't feel like American Horror Story at all. Feels like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, which it probably is. But anyhow, um, I watched that. And then, well, last night was yesterday was September 10th, uh, Sunday, September 10th. And on Friday, September 10th, 1993, the debut episode of the X-Files premiered on Fox. Mm. Uh, episode cleverly titled Pilot, because uh, that's what a lot of first episodes are called. Um so my son and I, we watched that. Uh, we ended up watching the first three episodes, but we sat down. I put my DVD in, so I got the proper 4-3 format that the show, show was filmed in. Not like the pan and scan we get now on Hulu or wherever it's streaming because they cut mm-hmm. the sides. They cut the top and the bottom off the picture so they can fit it, make it look widescreen. That's annoying. But anyway, so we watched the first three episodes. He'd actually never seen The X-Files. He was aware of it but never seen it. Interesting. Yeah. He enjoyed the first three episodes. I enjoyed them as well. So I you know just a, just a little nod to the 30th anniversary of uh, one of my favorite shows. Forget I'd watch the pilot on the 30 year anniversary, which I can't believe it's been 30 years. <laughs> that is kind of crazy, isn't it? 30 years definitely seemed a lot longer when I was 10 than it does at 44. <sighs> sure did. Yeah. Yeah. When you were 10 being 30 meant you were a, old you're an ancient person yeah definitely not an ancient at 44 uh what, what did you watch for shows that uh so we have finished mr robot mm. and holy cow that was amazing and beautiful and brilliant and she loved it 
you know, afterwards, like when it finished and again, spoilers, people, but, you know, this has been out for five, six, seven years now. Um, when it ended, you know, in the last couple episodes, we had like the alternate reality. Did White Rose's machine work? No. Did it not work? No. What's with the earthquakes? And then, you know, when we find out that the character that we've been with all this time isn't Elliot. This was the mastermind. And, you know, boom, blow. Like after the show got done, Julia was just like, I need to process this. Like, I that was a lot. Yep. Yep. It sure yeah. was. Sure uh, is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> even on the second watch through, which was amazing. It's a lot to process. Uh, absolutely amazing. Um, cannot recommend this enough. Cannot hard sell it enough. Like we were hard selling Mr. Robot on this podcast while we were watching it live. Oh yeah. And time has not changed that. I still hard sell it. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, you've got to see this. It's fucking phenomenal. Addiction, um, crime, vigilantism, uh, corporate greed. You know, the the plot of um, uh, Fight Club, and I don't mean the whole Fight Club. I mean the whole plan that, that Tyler Durden had to, you know, destroy the banks so that it took down – your credit card debt and it reset everything and wiped the slate clean. Like they actually do that in this and you see the ramifications and how, yeah, it doesn't fucking help people. It, it doesn't yeah. reset everything. Like you think, um, the, uh, the, the setting, the, the dealing with mental illness, there's death, there's life, there's twists and turns like this fucking, the show is a masterclass and, I, again, I just I hard sell it to anyone. Four seasons, uh, the first three or ten episodes each. The last season is fifteen episodes. They're about an hour long each. Like this is primo, top five shows of all time. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, the psychology of it, the filming, the story, just everything with it. How each season was kind of a little bit different from the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, how they just merged, you know, kind of morphed everything together. So many powerful moments or like twists you didn't see coming. I mean, just really brilliantly done. And you can tell like this was a TV show where the creator had a plan, a beginning, a middle and end to his story, how long it was going to take that story and didn't deviate from it. You know, wasn't Mm -hmm. just trying to come up with another season and another season, another season. He's like, no, this is my, my finite story. I want to tell and it's over. Yes. Speaking of, um, I didn't send you the link because actually Julie is the one that found it and showed it to me. But uh, they announced just this past weekend that you is getting a fifth and final season. And they they made some kind of quippy little thing. They're like, yeah, we know what it's like when somebody just keeps beating a dead horse and they won't let something die and blah, blah, blah. So we're ending this. This is it. This is the final season. We're putting this to rest. The end. So. Kind of ties in with what you were just saying. Like, I like that. Did you ever finish Barry? No, I still have not finished Barry. Okay. I've got to add that. Uh, that one's on the list, um, which seems to, it feels like every time we check something off the list, it grows again. So, yeah. That sounds uh, like my chore list at work. 
Uh, at least it's not your chore list at home. Yeah. Uh, we also, <laughs> switching gears completely, we watched the first of three. There are three specials celebrating the one year later of season four of Love is Blind. Um, that seems they really want you to catch up everybody on that. Well, the, the concept of the show, of course, is that people don't see each other. They they date in the pods and you can't see what the other person looks like and you yeah. get to know them based on their personality. And then um, some people propose and you don't get to meet the other person unless you actually propose and they accept it. So you will be getting married. And then they have this whole like couple of weeks where you're on a vacation and then you get back to the real world to see if you can still hack it. And then it all comes down to the wedding day. They all have the wedding day on the same day. And then you see who actually goes through with it and who doesn't. So this is one year later and there are three couples who got married and we catch up with them and all three of them are still married. And they're talking about like, you know what it's been like. And I didn't realize that you were giving up this much for me. And wow, there were some sacrifices made and blah, blah, blah. Um, And then there's two more episodes and those are going to connect us with the people who either didn't get married or who, uh, were right there at the end of the aisle and the other person went, no, go fuck yourself. And this is all leading up to the 22nd of this month is going to be season five. So I hate that. I'm excited about that, but that's the power of reality TV, I guess. So we'll probably watch the next two of those sometime this week. Yeah. And then the other thing was we watched the next two episodes of only murders in the building season three still a good show. Um, they definitely give you enough to figure out who the killer is, but they don't do it until late in the season. Um, just like the after party, like you're not going to know who did it in the beginning. You got to go through it, but all the pieces will be there so you can actually figure it out. So we're enjoying that. Other than that though, I think the only other show that I watched was Ahsoka. Okay. Well, um, I guess let's dive into Ahsoka. It was uh, episode four, Fallen Jedi. And what were what, what's your thoughts about it? Uh, broad strokes. Before we get into it, I thought it was a good episode. Um, yeah. Although, one of the things that kind of got me I guess now I'm going to start getting right into it um, for one thing like they've they've crashed on this planet their ship is damaged they can't get out of there there's three of them um, they leave the droid to fix the ship and they're like uh, this also happens to be the planet where they're you know firing up the map so we're going to go get the map and you can fix the ship by yourself, Mr. Non-Combat Droid. And um, we're going to go get the map. Okay. It it, it kind of bothered me. Um, so but, I, I didn't think that them being on the planet was a coincidence. I thought them going to the planet was like intentional and they had, you know, plane issues. But, no, remember the week before they got shot down. Like, right, but that was right outside the the gimmick there, you know, the, uh-huh. the portal. The, <laughs> the yeah. So, but my thought is, 
that's why that that's why they're on that planet doing the map because they need the portal right after. Mm. So it makes sense to me. So that that did make sense to me. Uh, them heading out alone because there's only the two of them and leaving the droid to fix the ship. Cool, great. Them splitting up. No. <laughs> Nothing good ever comes from them splitting up. No. No. Everybody knows you do not split the party. That just doesn't work. Right. Um, I I struggled a bit with Sabine going toe to toe with a trained um, ex Jedi Sith. I mean, granted, she's still the the I don't even know if I'd say apprentice under um, what's his name there. Yeah. Uh, Teva. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Skull. Yeah. Balin Skull. Skull. Um, she's his second in command, apprentice, whatever. Uh, I don't know that I would say that she is a learner like Sabine had some training, but seeing her go toe to toe and then like at one point look at Ahsoka and go, go, I've got her. You do not. Well, that's after Ahsoka killed Merrick, which I didn't even realize. But apparently for the past several weeks, people have been going nuts trying to figure out who Merrick was because everyone was speculating that maybe Merrick was um, Barisafi or maybe Merrick was Starkiller from the games. And maybe Merrick was and they all had all these like maybe Merrick was actually um, uh, Ezra and, you know, he had been brainwashed or something. And no, Merrick was just fucking Merrick. And yeah, he's a red shirt. Yeah, he, he got cut down and there you go. He was a he's red done. saber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, there was some, I saw some people, uh, um, I read some of the same stuff online about that. And then I was like, well, that was anticlimactic. Mm, yeah. After this episode, just kind of gets know. cut down and that's it. Yep. So um, Ren and, and, and Haiti or Hati, whatever her name is their, their fight. So I, I enjoyed their fight. I thought it was good. I yes. thought, Ahsoka and Skull's fight was excellent. Like, I really enjoyed the battles in this episode. Like, this episode was only a few minutes longer than the previous. The previous felt like it went by like that, and nothing happened. Whereas this mm-hmm. one, it felt like it was longer than it was. And again, if in the totality, not a lot happened, but a lot happened. Mm. Um. With the battles. The battles were so good. I thought the, the fight scenes were awesome. Um, I really hate that Ray Stevenson died, not just because he died. Yes, that's terrible, but because mm-hmm. we like we're not gonna get skull after you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I feel you. Um I thought it was an okay, did I miss something here? I almost went back and rewatched. Did I miss that Ahsoka lost one of her sabers? No, okay. I don't. I, I was feeling the same way. Like I don't okay. know what happened to it. It was hanging on her it, belt, and she didn't give it to Ren. She just didn't no. use it. Yeah, she went. You know, she switched up her stances and went with the two-handed approach on her one saber to fight Skull, and yeah. got trounced from it. Like maybe go yeah. back to your dual wielding days. Um. Yeah, I was like, did I miss something? Like, did did Merrick break one of her sabers or something? But no, it's hanging right there in her belt. So uh, the other thing I had an issue with is like Skull and Ahsoka's fight was excellent. You know, Ahsoka lost, essentially. Ren has got the map and she's got her gun and she's like, I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to shoot it. Which we all knew she wouldn't. And Ahsoka's like, destroy the map. 
don't let them get it in their hands. And then Skull like just throws her off the cliff. Yeah. And Ren's not shooting at him. Yeah. And then till after. Well, she happened, did it first. She did it first after well, he threw her off. Yeah, that's what I mean. Until after he threw her off the cliff, and then he's just like, burr, 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 burr. that's him blocking everything with ease. Yeah. And then he literally talks her into giving him the map. Which actually I liked. I liked that a lot better because he basically did the Jedi mind trick, got inside of her head and was like, oh, you want Ezra Miller. Oh, sorry, not Ezra Miller. <laughs> Ezra Bridger. <laughs> no one wants Ezra Miller. That's no one wants thing. Ezra Miller. <laughs> You want Ezra Bridger and blah, blah, blah. And like the way that he talked her into it. Although the other part was that it was all foreshadowed in the beginning of the episode where Ahsoka basically was like, uh, you know, push comes to shove. We got to destroy that map rather than let them go where they're going. And she's like, I don't know if I could do that. Well, that's some that's some foreshadowing of something to happen 15 minutes from now. Pretty much. Now, if they had done that in the beginning, when she first solved the map, like episodes ago, that would have been a little bit better. But in this case, it felt very heavy handed. Um, I did like when uh, Hottie started choking her (laughs) and Skull's like, nope, I gave her my word that she'd live. Let her go. Okay, Yeah, she pouts a little bit. Um, Why did the map burn Ahsoka? It was hot. Is that what we're going with? Like it, it was, you know, powered up because like, it was, you know, doing like stuff? a computer gets hot when you have it running it warms yeah. up and there's no fan on that map to cool it down. And it's, it's putting out a lot of energy. I don't know. It, it felt less like, you know, cause usually if something's hot and you grab it, you're like, ah, but this felt like she grabbed it and then looked at it and she was like, ah, and it like, I don't know. Maybe it was just yeah. hot. Well, because it didn't burn Ren when she picked it up. It didn't burn Skull. Granted, he does have gloves on. Yeah. So um, I, I thought her. So, you know, Skull and Haiti, the whole company, they all head off through the portal now to go find Thrawn. Well, don't Ren's forget them. that we also had, um, you know, Carson Tiva shows up again, which yes. is cool. Yes. I like him. Yes. Uh, Four red shirts, Carson Tiva and Hera. That's right. Hera charging charging off to what she knows is going to be a very dangerous situation and bringing her son with her in the co-pilot seat. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't even like a, I've got nobody to watch him. She's literally in a base filled with people who could watch this kid. That's his home. And she's like, you're coming with me, kid. Why? Yeah. That's irresponsible parenting right there. It really is. That really is bad parenting. Also, why does he look so human? She's Twi'lek. I don't know what her husband looks like. I don't know either, but you're right. But we did get some good dog fights. That's true. I forgot, but we got some good dog fights in there. A little bit. And a a couple of red shirts getting destroyed. Yeah. Just from the the wake of the hyperspace. Like, yeah. Yeah. But the ship gets away with Ren on it mm-hmm. and uh, everybody else. And then we see Ahsoka's still alive. She didn't hit the water. She's like in the world between worlds. And there's Anakin. But is she alive? Because this is the yeah. world between worlds. Like, Yeah, she's alive. Now, did Anakin pull her in 
is this an, another version of Anakin, like an earlier version of Anakin before he well, went full Vader? Is I'm trying to think timeline wise, isn't Vader Vader still? He should be, yeah. Right. Yeah, Vader's not dead. He hasn't fought his son yet, so Vader's still Vader timeline wise in this, right? Mm, I don't know. I thought Mandalorian takes place five years after Jedi. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So that means Vader's dead. Yeah. Okay. But, but we're getting a younger version of Anakin, like classic Clone Wars black outfit. So that's what makes me wonder if this is his Force Ghost or if this is, uh, you know, a. Like sometime during the Clone Wars, he ended up in the world between worlds and knew that he had to pull her to rescue her. Um, he says, I wasn't expecting to see you so soon. So was this a past catching up with the future type of thing? I don't know. I'm sure that it'll be explained in the first five minutes of the next episode and then never talked about again. It probably will. I feel like we're we're building up to we're going to see Thrawn for like the last five seconds of this season. What have we got? Eight episodes. So that was episode four. So we're halfway through. Um, I, I feel like Thrawn is going to be, you know, they're going to get to this other galaxy that they're going to have to try to find him. And they're finally going to get there. And it'll be like, um, you know, the last five minutes of the last episode. And it'll be him walking forward and turning and we'll see his face and then credits. Probably. Probably does. Let's see here. All right. I assume you're reading something. All right. This Ahsoka takes place about a decade after A New Hope, 10 to 15 years after Star Wars Rebels, and over 30 years since the events of the Clone Wars. So, yeah. Okay. Ahsoka takes place five years after the events of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And it takes place in the same time period as The Mandalorian, where Ahsoka made her live-action debut in the Book of Boba Fett. Okay. So, yeah, so Vader's gone. All right. Yeah. That answers that question. Good. Now that we've cleared that up. Um, yeah. So we're halfway through already. We got four episodes to go. I'm still enjoying it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Let's go, right? Did you watch any movies? Was it her choice this week? It was her choice all week this week. We watched three of them because uh, it was her birthday right. on Friday. So um, it was her choice. And then for her birthday, she was like, I want to watch this. And then the other day she was like, why don't we watch this? So we ended up watching three movies of her choice, which I've now banked to two choices of my own because the birthday one washes. But yeah. So what'd you watch? Uh, one of them was one that I had never seen all the way through, which was Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, my God. Did you stay for the end credit scene? Uh, yes. Yes. The and amazing scene after the credits. Uh huh. Always and forever. <laughs> um, she had originally put it on because she's like, I know you've never seen this. We can just like scroll on our phone. She's like, I just want it to be on in the background. And I was like, sure. No problem. Sucked right in. Both of us completely sucked in. Um, 
yeah. it doesn't feel so much like a movie as it feels like a string of skits that are all put together. Sure. It, it's like each scene plays out as a skit and you could take it out by itself and it would be its own standalone thing. Um, it's ridiculous. It's irreverent. Um, I liked it. it. It was fun. It was good. It's a great, that's why people loved it. Like I, when it first was on, I thought like when I'd heard about it, the trailer, I'm like, this is fucking dumb. And mm. then I watched it and I was like, no, it's not. It's great. <laughs> but I never knew there was an end credit scene until I met Kate and we oh. were on. And she's like, you've never seen the end credit scene. I'm like, no, <laughs> have you not seen this? I'm like, I don't, I don't watch the movie one time. So we watched the movie and then we watched the end credit scene and it is, it's fantastic. We've watched it a few Absolutely. more times since then. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely watch this one again. Um, the thing is, with all the hype around it and all the previews and everything, like I had seen many of the scenes from there, and she actually had me go through. She's like, okay, what hadn't you seen? What had you seen? And uh, so that was a fun game. Uh, and then on her birthday, we watched, because she had never seen this, didn't even know that it was around, we watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding Part 2. Because she had seen a preview for My Big Fat Greek Wedding Part 3. So she loves the first movie. It was a great movie. You know, she had me sit down and watch that. So she's like, we've got to sit down and watch this. So we sat down and watched it. Um, It was very good. It was a a change from the first one. They carried on some themes. They changed a few things. Have you ever watched the second one? Uh, No, I never watched the first one. Really? The first one's definitely worth it. It's a good rom-com. Um, it, it was definitely worth it. Uh, the second one, not as good, but it was still good. Uh, I'm not okay. sure about the third one, but we will end up watching it. So speaking of, I wanted to mention to you, uh, last week I had told you about uh, what's your number, and I gave it a hard sell. Um, the funny thing is, during the week, I saw an article pop up that was like the top 10 romance movies that are on Hulu right now or something like that or hidden gems. And that one was listed and they literally said in there, this is a criminally underrated rom-com. I was like, yes, it fucking is. So, okay. Um, and then the third movie that we watched, which again, I had never seen was silver linings playbook. Is that the, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and, um, Bradley Cooper. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I have. Uh, it was not what I expected. Um, oh, what were you expecting? I had never watched any real previews or anything. I was expecting. Um, you'll you'll get this reference. I was expecting the Cutting Edge. No, not the Cutting Edge. Um, oh God, what's that one with uh, DB Cooper and uh, Moira Kelly, where he's the, the hockey player? Edge? Is that the, the one? Cutting Edge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting, I thought that he was some washed up football player or he had gotten his brain damaged or something like that. And she was a dancer and she was going to rehab him and they'd fall in love that way. Nope, this is not that fucking movie. This was a hard movie to watch. This was dark. Yeah, it is. Um, I I hated him in the beginning. Uh, I understood. I, I felt bad for him. But at the same time, I was like, this guy is fucking insane. And the way that he kept yeah. talking about Nikki and he's like, yeah, I'm, it's a cold open on this movie too. Like the cold open is him in an asylum or, you know, a mental health facility, um, refusing to take his meds, 
seems like he's engaging in therapy and stuff. And then his mom comes and checks him out. And he's like, I'm going to read Nikki's syllabus. You have no idea who the fuck Nikki is, why she has a syllabus, anything like that. Yeah. Like it is a cold, cold, hard open uh, for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Also, this movie felt like it was two different movies because it was definitely before he actually started dancing with her. And then after they started dancing together, like two different people, two different movies. Um, yep. I loved it. I, the more I sat on it, the more I loved it, but it was a hard fucking movie to watch when I first got in there. And still now, like there was some stuff in there, the, the scenes with him and Robert De Niro beating the crap out of each other. Um, you know, him going off about Hemingway at four in the morning and throwing the book out the window and, uh, like <sighs> mental illness is not always pretty, but Jesus, this really like this showed you the ugly, ugly sides of mental illness. It certainly does. So, yeah. Uh, but again, really ended up liking it. Uh, the more I've sat on it when we first stopped the movie, when it first got done, she's like, what'd you think? I was like, that was fucking hard. Like I, I didn't like him. I didn't like her. Like I, I, most everybody in this movie was a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, the more I've sat on it, it's good. This is a good movie. (sighs) What about you? You said you watched two movies. I did. Uh, I watched uh, sleepaway camp. Because well, my kids wanted to watch it. Kanan had seen it. Addison had never seen it. Yeah, yeah. We watched my VHS, my 1988 Video Treasures VHS release mm-hmm. uh, that I paid $4 for that it goes online for like 75 to 80 Um, <laughs> So this movie was originally filmed in 4.3 format. And when they put it on the, the Blu-ray release recently, restored from the you know 2K restoration from the original print, blah, blah, blah. They anamorphic widescreened it, so they cut the top and bottom off so they could make it look, you know, widescreen without stretching the image. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a good movie. Um, Addison was shocked by the ending, of course. <laughs> uh, just like her reaction. I just I love watching her watch movies because uh, such genuine, raw reactions, especially when it's one she hasn't seen. That's the best part. Um you know, uh, there's some terrible characters in the movie. There's some amazing characters in the movie. It's just, I don't know, it's just a fun flick, really. Hmm. And, you know, this is one of those ones that have two direct-to-home video sequels, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, with uh, Pamela Springsteen playing the lead character in it. So they even got a different character. And they're completely, they're complete departures from what Sleepaway Camp, Sleepaway Camp was. And they're really good. Mm. Like, that's what's shocking. Like, they're really good. Like, in their own campy, over-the-top, uh, humorous way. They're they're really good. So, um, yeah. And then it's funny because Kanan, we were watching the beginning of this movie, and he's like, Dad, what's the name of the movie where, like, the people are in the haunted house and blah, 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 blah. And all. I'm like, Night of the Demons? He's like, yes, it's Night of the Demons. We need to watch that one. I'm like, okay. Is that the one where the girl sticks the lipstick in her nipple? Yes. It's like, it's like the one thing that stuck out to me when I watched that as a kid with my father. Yeah, yeah. It's like Linnea Quinley. Sure. Um, Quigley, I mean. So, it's just such a weird scene where she takes the lipstick and like, oh, yeah, traces no, it, it down it, and circles her breast and then like shoves it in. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? 
So uh, Kanan goes. So we watch the movie. Finish the play camp. Addison goes to bed. I put it on Shutter because I'm going to see if it's on Shutter. And if you go on Shutter's channel, it always has like their live stream of what they're showing. Mm-hmm. And you know, like what's on right now or whatever. And I knew what was on tonight was uh, well, on that night was the uh, um, Joe Bob Briggs slamber uh, jamboree. <laughs> and, yeah, Joe Bob Briggs jamboree. And but I didn't know what the movie was gonna be. And yep. when I turned the uh, turned it on, it had the live, and it's doing the opening credits. And I'm watching, and I'm like, oh shit, that's Night of the Demons. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, it opens. We get the piggy face kid in the car, and blah blah blah. It's Night of the Demons. Nice. And I'm like, Kanan, look. He's like, what? I'm like, he goes, oh, my God, it's Night of the Demons. I'm like, yeah. So we watched it, and he nice. had never seen Joe Bob Briggs before. Oh. And, yeah, well, he's Monster Vision's not a thing, and they don't have Shudder at their parents' house. You know, I have it I, at their mother's house. I have it here, but they don't have it. Like, they've never asked for the password or anything. Um, He, he did now. So, anyways, uh. So he's like the movie cuts to Joe Bob Briggs, you know, with with uh, uh, oh, Diana Prince. Is it just Diana, the male girl? Yeah, whatever. That's what I'm going to go with. And uh, Darcy, the male girl. And he was just like, what is this? I'm like, oh, that's the host. It's a horror. He's like, oh, OK. Like he knew the concept. And we're watching it. And he's like, man, he's great. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. So we watched Night of the Demons on Joe Bob Jamboree. So. Nice. I don't really need to sell either one of those movies. They're old classic 80s horror movies. If you haven't seen them yet, shame on you. Yeah, you do not need to sell those. Yeah. So. Uh, trailers? We got a lot. We got do a lot have a lot. Trailers. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we watched football Sunday during the day, watched football Thursday night, wrestling Wednesday night. Uh, Friday, we watched those movies. Saturday, I. Work day shift and then had to sleep, so I go back in for midnight shift. So like I didn't really watch much of anything else, um, except all these trailers. <laughs> all these trailers. This year. So we started with back. "No One Will Save You." It's gonna be on Hulu. Yeah. It's got Caitlin Deaver. Yeah, I don't. Um, that looks it's, really really good. It's an alien movie. It's uh. Yes. No. Yeah. It's a home alone. It's not home alone. It's a girl home alone. That's yeah. the end of it. There's no comparison to home alone or takeoff on it. And um, yeah, it's aliens invade her home. Yep. yep. It's pretty badass. Yep. Uh, pain hustlers, Emily Blunt, Chris Evans, pharma people if, pushing. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't really even know what this is about. <laughs> Um, the Island of Saints and Sinners. Sorry, the in the land of saints and sinners. It's the new Liam Neeson's movie in in, in Ireland, where uh, he's a hitman who wants to go straight because he's old, and uh, people from his past have come back to get the revenge. Whoa. And the only reason that I sent it to you is because it's Liam Neeson's. Gonna watch the hell out of it. I know you are. American Horror Story delicate trailer. Like we kind of mentioned earlier, it seemed to be about uh, maybe a Rosemary's Berry baby type story. I don't know. But but also like a twist where basically she's a movie star and her agent is telling her she's like, 
uh, you're not going to be a star if you get pregnant. So she's trying to convince her not to be pregnant, but she wants to be pregnant. Then she gets pregnant. But there's like demonic powers or something. I don't know. I stopped watching American Horror Story several seasons back. If you watch it, let me know. The big draw this time is Kim Kardashian's going to be in it. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, You sent me a trailer for the new upcoming Netflix series, Everything Now, about a 17-year-old girl who goes back to school after being committed for six months for anorexia Mm. and everything she missed. See, here's the thing. I I get it, and it seems like a cool idea, but she was only gone for six months. So she's like, I missed all this stuff. Yeah, way too much happened in six months. Well, she's talking about things like, you know, sex and drugs and like, yeah, you're 17. It's been six months. Calm down. Yeah. 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 No, it's unnecessary. Uh, When evil lurks. You're welcome. Coming to shutter on October the 27th. If you want to watch a shit box of a movie. (laughs) Um. When we were visiting uh, Julia's family recently, her aunt said that she had watched Elemental, which now has a release date on Disney Plus, and said it was not that good. It didn't look that good from the previews anyway. Um, It's a Disney Pixar, so you think it's going to be good, but yeah. John Waters is getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I understand (laughs) the significance of him getting the star because he's the last person you think can get one. Uh But I have most recently found out that they actually pay for those. Ah. That they're like, hey, you want a star? And they're like, I do. Cool. Ten grand, please. Gotcha. You sent me the trailer for the bike riders. Yeah. The only reason that I watched it was because it said that it had Jody Comer. And I was like, cool. And then I saw that it was Sons of Anarchy, blah, blah, bullshit, motorcycle club. I don't uh, care. It looks really good. Okay. Not to me, but. Yeah, it's based on a true story, based on actual events, allegedly. And uh, it's got Jodie Comer. She's the star. Talk about her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Butler's in it. Tom Hardy, Michael Shannon. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. Yeah. I'll definitely yeah. wait for your review on it. Okay. Norman um, Reedus is in it. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Set your trailer for the supermodels on Apple TV. Yeah, I, I had seen that. That's I don't give a shit about that. I know it's a documentary about it's a documentary, I get it. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Doesn't yep. necessarily need to be seen. Uh, Scott can drive in is closing for good on the 22nd and 23rd of September. They're definitely not again. opening again next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, their final night is the final two nights is a, is, is a two triple features featuring movies uh, that played at the drive-in over the years. Uh, the first one is uh, 1953's War of the Worlds, which was one of the first movies they ever screened there. Uh, also that night is... Um, they're closing out with a perfect storm. Uh, oh, no, no. Hold on. Um, Psycho. Yeah. And then uh, I think Twister. Oh. And then the second night, their triple feature consists of. Uh, I'm just going to pull it up, but I'm pretty sure it's. Um, 
I know it's Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit, The Shining, and Twister. And then the previous night is War of the Worlds, Psycho, and A Perfect Storm. And apparently A Perfect Storm is the movie that was the most successful movie ever at the drive-in theater. Hmm. At Skowhegan Drive-In Theater, yeah. Interesting. Um, Neither one of those lineups is inspiring me to be like, yeah, I would love to see all those. I don't know. Well, not all of them, but I do want to see. I I would like to see Smokey and the Bandit there. That (laughs) would be fun. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, You sent me a trailer for Thanksgiving. Yeah, nice horror movie about Thanksgiving. Doesn't that look fantastic? You know, the day before I had seen something that said so-and-so's Thanksgiving horror movie gets its first teaser poster. And I went fucking pass. And then you sent me the teaser trailer and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, I I go way back with disliking Eli Roth. So he and I have a history. A mysterious serial killer known only as John Carver comes to Plymouth, Massachusetts with the intention of creating a Thanksgiving carving board out of the town's inhabitants. Uh, Patrick Dempsey's in it um, as the town's sheriff. Uh, Gina Gershon's in it. um, Addison Ray. But basically, uh, this was one of the movies when um, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino did their Grindhouse double feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eli Roth made a fake trailer um, about Thanksgiving, this movie essentially back then, um, and yeah, so it's kind of neat to see it's being made. I'll I'll definitely give it a watch, um, and I'll let you know about it. Okay. Um, uh, I sent you the trailer to a new Paramount Plus TV series called <laughs> Law uh, Lawman Bass Reeves, a true story about. Bass Reeves. What'd you think of that? I, I think it looks great. I think my wife will like this. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And mm, not for me, but I get it. I like Western. This is a Western. And I'm November not a big Western. Coming out. It's a, uh, it's also, it's a Taylor, Sher- uh, Taylor Sheridan show. It's based on the life of the first black deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi, Bass Reeves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gen V season one red band trailer. I don't really need to watch that. Same. I did. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that you sent it. I saw that it was out and I went, nah, I'm just not going to watch it. Um, yeah. Pet cemetery yeah. bloodlines rated R it's for horror. R. Yeah. I'll take it. As it should be. That's <laughs> uh, interesting. Mansion. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, the Haunted Mansion is coming to Disney Plus in October, and you had a good point about this. Well, yeah, like people, when it came out in theaters in August, people were just like, what's it coming out in theaters now for? Shouldn't it come out in Halloween? It's a Halloween movie. And it's like, yeah, but this will help breach the 45-day window, and now they can release it on Disney Plus in time for Halloween. Yep. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, we got the teaser to the teaser trailer for Aquaman 2. So it's like a 30 second clip. 
felt like you shared that with me because them's the rules. Kind of. Uh, my buddy John shared it with me, too. And I was like, look, I'm reserving my judgment for the full trailer right now. This is just a bunch of CGI garbage to me. Um, yeah. And he did say fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, I'm. I'm not excited anyway. No. Nope, I'm not at all. What the fuck did you send me? The end we start from? Uh, again, yeah. they said Jody Comer. I'm like, great, I love Jody Comer. I, I yeah. keep getting duped by Jody Comer. It's got, well, not only that, but it's got Benedict Cumberpatch in it, you know? I, I guess he wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. It's after an ecological crisis, a new mother and her baby abandoned their home and flooded London and flee northwards. Yeah, I'm I'm not that interested in it. They didn't give me anything to go on. They're like the new trailer for the new Jodie Comer movie. I'm like, great. And then I went, fuck, it happened again. Yep. You got nothing to say, though, buddy, because we're coming up on your fucking piece (laughs) of resistance. Um, So I sent you a Uh, murder at the end of the world, which is coming to Hulu. It's an FX it's a uh, there's what did they say she is like a teen or whatever she's a amateur sleuth yeah yeah falls the, the falls darby hearted amateur detective yeah they're invited to a reclusive by a reclusive billionaire clive owen to participate in a retreat at a remote and dazzling location and one of the other guests is found dead darby was all of her skills to prove it was murder mm-hmm. against the tide of competing interests and before yeah. the killer takes another life yeah yeah okay might, sure. might watch, might not. Yep. Um, and then, so here's the thing. I know them's the rules. I understand yeah. that this is how it works. Yeah. But here's the thing that we never really touch upon. Like, yeah. you had to actually see this trailer show up and say, I think I'll click play on that. No, like, I you- didn't. What happened was someone <laughs> shared it with me. Uh-huh. My, my buddy shared it with me. And said <laughs> his words. So, and, it's you know, them's the rules. Yeah. Another <laughs> low budget movie I went ahead and pre-ordered is this one. It's risky, but I'm impressed enough with the mask. What? He was impressed yeah, he by let, the mask? Yeah, he was. I questioned him on that one. And I just went, I just, I just sent him back the middle finger. Thank you. Because yeah. I, I, I got that message on my phone and I was talking to Julie and I went, uh-oh. Mike sent me a trailer for the pumpkin man. And I'm sure that this is going to be one of those. She goes, does this fall into that category? And I was like, yeah, it's the, them's the rule. She's like, okay. So I brought it up they and she all watched fall it with under me. that category. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she watched it with me and we're both watching it. And I was like, did, did one of Mike's friends film this in his backyard? Because this doesn't even look like an indie film. This looks like an amateur, like shot on your phone yeah. kind of thing. And then when the killer showed up in the mask, Julia literally said, what, they couldn't even get him a real fucking pumpkin? And I was like, exactly. That looks like a Happy Meal bucket. Yeah, it's not great at all. Uh, I'm thoroughly unimpressed with it. And I was just like, well, if I had to watch this, other people do too. <laughs> and I felt about that one. This is the bad side of something, quote unquote, going viral. Because it's literally yes. like a virus at this point. um i didn't send you this but i wanted to bring this up i saw an article today that said and i think you and i talked about this way back um it said 
something along the lines of we've all been trying to tell you how good interview with a vampire is. It's your fault that you haven't been watching it. And apparently what happened was interview with the vampire was on AMC. I think you and I were talking about how it was getting such rave reviews back then when it first yeah. came out, we we're like, Oh, maybe we ought to check it out. But it was a pain in the ass to watch on AMC and we never thought about it. Yeah. Uh, well now it's on HBO max and it's only there for two months. And apparently oh. people are discovering it and saying, Holy shit. I didn't realize that this was actually good or wow. I thought this was some kind of teen angst thing and this is fucking amazing. So it's critically acclaimed. The audiences are finding it. There's only seven episodes and each one's like 45 minutes. So I talked to Julia, we're going to sit down and watch it. I don't know if you and Kate have any interest whatsoever, but apparently it's really fucking good and it's only there for two months. So we're coming up on spooky season. I'm going to give it a go. I'll give it a go. Yeah, I, I'm. Yep. We're going to as well because seven episodes is easily digestible. There, there's a couple of them on there right now. Killing Eve is on Max right now. If you scroll down, you find the um, yes, AMC stuff. Yep. I was hoping Dark Wind season two would be on there. It's not. Mm. And we have to get a month of AMC so I can watch it. Um, there's another one on there, Discovery of Witches, which is supposedly really good. That's based on a three book series. I think that's but, on Shutter. Really? I could be wrong. It was definitely an AMC show. I know that. Okay. Um, I think that's all that I got, though. That is all that I have. Uh, again, another short week. And quite frankly, like with this writer strike and actor strike, I think mm. that's what we're going to be. We're going to be running into is short weeks. Uh, like I, ju- I just saw they're going to put Yellowstone on CBS. Uh, starting from the beginning because they don't have anything else to air. Did I mention it last week that they actually, um, the it's either the red, I think it's the screen actors guild has drawn up papers to take a vote and see if they're going to uh, strike against certain video game companies for mocap and voice acting and stuff like that. Um, so there'll be a picket line there as well. He's a crow. Yeah. Well, I know that like, this past Saturday was the kickoff to college football and it was on every friggin' channel. Like it was on <laughs> cause they got nothing NBC, else. ABC, CBS, uh, Fox. It was on the CW. Wow. CW was Aaron <laughs> big 10 football. Like it was on every free all day. Damn. It was on every single channel. It's just like, but it, why not? It's cheap entertainment as far as, they can fill the airwaves with this. They don't have anything else to show besides reruns. At least this is original, quote unquote. It's live sports. <laughs> yeah. So. And the thing is, is like, usually these, all these games would normally air on TV, but in certain markets, not everywhere. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. But I think that's the road we're heading down. Yeah. Remember the last time we had a writer's strike and everything disappeared and we were like, Jesus, when are we ever going to get stuff back? It's here again, but this one's the actors and writers. Well, it's like uh, star Trek strange new world season three. We're probably not even going to see now until 2025. Anyhow. All right. Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and threads and whatnot. I'm superstar. I'm out. I am the quantum geek G three, three K. That is our show. Talk to you next week.